Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. We are a team of expert doulas trained in supporting VBACs, have had VBACs of our own, and work extensively with VBAC women and their providers. We are here to provide detailed VBAC and cesarean prevention stories and facts in a simple, consolidated format. When we were moms preparing to VBAC, it was stories and information like we will be sharing in this podcast that helped fine-tune our intuition and build confidence in our birth preparations. We hope this does the same for you. To hear more about us and to hear our individual VBAC stories, be sure to check out episodes 1, 2, and 3. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Be a part of our very first online pilot class on November 3rd. We're offering our parents and doula certification courses to 15 lucky parents and doulas for $20 off. Head on over to the vbacklink.com to register today. Be sure to enter promo code VBACPODCAST. Offer expires Saturday, October 27th. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Dear Women of Strength, we are seriously so excited to be here with you today. As always, we have our friend Jen with us today. She's a local mom here from Utah, and she messaged us and told us that she would like to share her story, and we were so excited that she wanted to be a part of it. So today, we are going to hear her story I'm going to share the message that she sent to us. She said, When I first started listening a few weeks ago, I was impressed at how brave all these women are to share their stories. I wasn't sure if I'd ever have the courage to do that. But the more I listened, the more I realized how empowering it is for those who have not yet had their VBAC to hear from those who have. I so wish this had been available when I was planning for my VBAC. She's got quite a history, including infertility, stillbirth, preterm delivery, multiple elective C-section, induced VBAC, spontaneous labor VBAC. So we are just so excited to hear from her today. Jen, we are going to open it up to you and welcome your story. Hey, well, thank you for having me. And I guess I will start maybe with just a brief background. I had two vaginal deliveries before my C-section and then my, my VBAC, and so I'll just kind of touch on those briefly. They were both like physically uncomplicated deliveries, um, but they they had some emotional side effects that probably influenced to some degree my decision to have a C-section later on. Our first pregnancy resulted in a stillbirth at 28 weeks. And to that point, I really had had, I didn't do any preparation. I had very little knowledge of what childbirth entailed and I had kind of just figured I mean everybody that I knew that had had a baby went in at like 38 39 weeks they were induced they had an epidural they watched a few movies and then they had a baby and so that's kind of just what I thought birth was and so I hadn't really done a lot of studying or educating myself and I figured that once we hit the third trimester we'd go take a childbirth education class and and that would be that and so when we were suddenly faced with this news that our baby had passed away, our doctor encouraged us to just stay at the hospital and be induced, and and we were just really unprepared for that. It was a really 
physically and emotionally painful delivery and labor at that point, I was, it was just really hard. It was a hard thing to go through and it was not the experience that we had hoped to have with our, you know, welcoming our first child. It was, it was a really devastating thing. And, and then to leave the hospital with empty arms was just really, really tough. And yeah. so that was our, that was our first experience with our first baby. And then 18 months later, we had our second baby and he arrived seven weeks early and his, his labor and delivery were kind of a surprise. And as a result, they were very chaotic and kind of scary and traumatic for me. Um, I had gone, I had noticed I was having some contractions one afternoon and they weren't really painful. They were fairly mild, but as I started paying more attention, I realized that they were coming really regularly. So we decided we'd go into labor and delivery and just get checked out. Um, when we got there, they started me on an IV and said, you know, maybe you're just dehydrated. That can cause contractions. Let's get an IV going and see if that helps. And, and sure enough, it did. As soon as I was full of fluids, the contractions died down. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and my doctor wasn't on call that weekend. And so the doctor that was on call decided to just keep me overnight for monitoring, make sure, you know, with our history, we were a little bit nervous. and. Um, and then when my doctor got there the next morning, we could decide what to do from then. And so we stayed. We slept really well. I mean, I guess as well as you can sleep in a hospital bed, but we slept fairly well that night at the hospital and didn't, I had a few contractions here and there, but I really didn't notice much. And we just expected that we would be sent home the next day, you know, maybe on bed rest or whatever and try and get a few more weeks out of the pregnancy. And when the nurse shift changed the next morning, my new nurse came in and she checked me and she said, oh, you're at an eight. This, you know, your baby's on his way. And I don't know if she realized at that point that we weren't, you know, that I was only 33 weeks. I don't know if she thought that I had been there laboring all night or whatever, but we were totally shocked. We were not prepared. We did not think that we were anywhere near having a baby at that point. And so I kind of went into just a complete panic. I had every intention of delivering with an epidural, and so I asked for that, and the nurse said she would call the anesthesiologist, but my doctor arrived a few minutes later, and she said I was complete and ready to go, and there wouldn't be time for an epidural, and if I was panicked before, I was really panicked now because I was counting on that epidural to get me through that labor. It just always had been my plan, and all of a sudden, it was out of my hands. I didn't have an option. and it was a fairly, the room was really chaotic. We were bringing in, the NICU team was trying to assemble, and, you know, I, I remember I was hyperventilating, and I had a nurse trying to calm me down, and there was just nurses everywhere. Everybody was kind of in and out and all over the place, and I was doing a fair amount of screaming at that point, and I just really didn't feel like I could do it. I was just, it was absolute panic for me. Um, thankfully, it didn't last very long. Our baby was born just 20 minutes later, so it was very quick. But then he was very sick, and so he was rushed off to the, to the NICU and um, later sent with a lifelike crew to a larger hospital. And so the aftermath of that was really traumatic as well. But he was alive, and so we were just, after our first experience with our first baby, that was just a huge blessing and um, something that we were so grateful for. But again, I was discharged from the hospital without a baby to take home with me. And that was really, really hard. And our little boy was in the NICU for four weeks, and then he came home with us, and everything was fine after that. But after that delivery, I swore I would never give birth like that again. I did not ever want to have 
um, a baby without an epidural, and it just, I was really kind of traumatized by that experience. It was very, it was not pleasant. Um, so two years later, we decided we were ready to have another baby. So after those first two, you know, unexpected outcomes with the pregnancies that we had had, we really had high hopes that finally we would have a pregnancy that was normal and uncomplicated and went full term. And um, when I went to my doctor's appointment, my first doctor's appointment, the doctor started the ultrasound and we found out we were expecting twins. And so all of a sudden, all of those thoughts of a normal pregnancy kind of flew out the window for me. And I thought, oh my goodness, how are we going to, we've already had, you know, one baby early. How am I going to carry two babies? And it was kind of a, it was exciting. We were really excited. We had been, we had experienced infertility with all of our pregnancies. And so, um, twins wasn't a huge surprise, I guess, because we had been, you know, getting fertility treatments, but it was still a surprise nonetheless. And we were excited about it, but multiple pregnancies come with some additional risks and those did weigh on me at that time. And at that first appointment, though, my doctor just loaded me up with all kinds of information and about pregnancy with twins and and we talked quite a bit about delivery and one of the things that she told me was that we would have some latitude on deciding how we would want to deliver when the time came and that the only time that she gives her patients a a choice in having a medically unnecessary c-section is when they are expecting multiples but if that's what they choose to do for their delivery that's an option but she really encouraged us that if if the circumstances were right, there were some um, parameters that had to be met to try for a vaginal delivery with twins, and that as long as all of that looked good, she did really encourage us to have a vaginal delivery, and she did actually talk a little bit about VBAC at that appointment, should we choose a C-section and then want to add to our family later, that that, that would be an option. And I kind of, I'm not really sure why, but I kind of shut down as far as making that decision about delivery. She encouraged us to start talking about it and thinking about it, and I really just wanted to block it out. I didn't want to make the decision. I just wanted things to work out so that whatever needed to happen would happen. I was worried, I guess, that if I made a decision and anything went wrong, that I would feel guilt or anything about having chosen the wrong thing. And and really, though, I had two main fears with that decision about what kind of delivery it would have. And the first thing I worry about was that if we tried for a vaginal delivery, that first baby would be born vaginally, and then a complication would arise with the second baby, and I'd end up with a C-section anyway. And I really just dreaded the thought of having to recover from both types of deliveries, and that just seemed like really hard. The other thing that I was terrified of was my doctor had talked to us about a breech delivery. And I really didn't know a lot about breech delivery at the time, other than that it seemed risky and scary to me. And if I if I knew then what I know now, I would realize that I was just really lucky to have a doctor who even discussed the option of a breech delivery, but I didn't. And and so I was just kind of afraid of that. But she had said that, assuming the one of the qualifying factors for a vaginal delivery with twins with her was that baby A had to be head down. That's the baby that's closest to the cervix. And if that baby is head down, it didn't really matter as much what the second baby, if they were breech or if they were transverse, they could attempt to turn that baby after the first baby is born. And and she said, you know, if, if baby A is head down and you are able to deliver her vaginally, 
if we can't get the second baby to turn, we can deliver him breech. And that just terrified me. I didn't, I just wasn't educated on it. And I was really afraid of that. And so I thought if that's where we're headed, then I just would rather have a C-section. And those two fears really just kind of weighed on my mind for all those months of pregnancy. Our babies tried to enter the world at 24 weeks. And at that time, we talked again about delivery. And I just, I wanted to keep my focus on like, let's, let's try and keep these babies in. I don't want to talk about how we're going to deliver them. We'll deal with that if we get to that point. And thankfully, they did stay put. Um, but I was on bed rest for the next eight weeks. And a lot of that, I was in the hospital. And every time my, my doctor came in every single day. And every few days, she would say, you know, what are your thoughts? Have you made a decision? Do you have any feelings about which way you're kind of leaning? And I would just put her off. I did not want to talk about it. I just didn't want to face it. And it wasn't until the day that the twins were born that I finally, I was forced to face the music at that point and make a decision. And I was 32 weeks at that point, and we weren't able to hold my labor off any longer. And so I knew that it was time for them to come. So my doctor came in and she performed a final ultrasound just to check the position of the babies. And honestly, I was kind of crossing my fingers that our baby A would be breached because if she was breached, it would just mean you're having a C-section and I wouldn't have to make a decision. But she was head down and baby B was breached. And so we had, we had options on the table and, and my doctor left us to just discuss it. And I still was just, I just had knots in my stomach over what to do. And as my husband and I discussed the, the different options that we had, you know, we kind of, talked about let's let's do the c-section we kind of tried on both options you know what if, if we do this how do we feel about it and if we do that how do we feel about it and when we decided let's let's say that we're going to do the c-section i finally just felt peaceful and it was the first time that i had felt peace when i was thinking about that delivery and so i knew at that point that that was the right decision for the, the situation that we were in and um and so we decided to go ahead with that and I kind of went back to, I, I thought, I did think a little bit. I knew that having a C-section would impact any future deliveries that I had. But it wasn't a, a real strong factor in my decision, I guess. I had a two-year-old at home and I had twins on the way. So more children was like the furthest thing from my mind at that point. We just decided that would be a bridge that we would cross when we got to it, if we got to it. And so we went on down to the OR. And I think for those who have listened to previous podcasts, you, you know, there's kind of a common theme when you go in for a C-section, oftentimes you kind of all of a sudden become detached from the experience. You know, you're behind that curtain and the doctors and nurses are talking amongst themselves and you don't really feel super involved in the delivery of your baby. And so I very much experienced that with my C-section and it was an exciting time because our babies were coming and we'd really been anticipating that. But it kind of took the joy out of the delivery for me to have a C-section just because it felt so impersonal and I just really didn't feel, I just felt detached from it. And it was just a brief, we saw a brief little peek of each baby as they were born and then they were taken off to the NICU and, and the delivery went well, the surgery went well. My doctor just assured me over and over that she had done everything she could, you know, with the sutures and the incision and everything so that if I wanted to have a VBAC in the future, that I would hopefully be able to. And she was just really very positive about that as an option for me. 
But again, this was my third pregnancy, and I went home with empty arms again. So I have now four babies that I've brought into the world, and I've never taken one home with me. And that was just really hard. They were in the NICU for five weeks, and, and it was hard to recover from a, a C-section and, and be back and forth from the hospital as much as we had to be and trying to care for a two-year-old at home. And it was it was a tough experience. And we weren't sure at that point if we were done with her family or not, but a few years later, uh, we decided maybe we wanted to have one more baby. And I never really just assumed that I would have a C-section. I never really was of the mind that, you know, once a C-section, always a C-section. And I think that's probably because my doctor had been so positive in the way that she talked about a VBAC when I had my C-section. And so I kind of started researching that a little bit. What I knew about a VBAC up to that point was more about the risks that they carry. And and everything I had read, you know, made it sound as though the risks of the VBAC were way more than a C-section and, you know, only reckless people would choose that. And And so I was kind of maybe a little bit leery of the idea, but I decided... I had not really been very educated in any of my previous pregnancies, and I didn't want to do that again. If I was going to have another baby, I wanted it to be on my terms, and I wanted to be an active participant in my team, and I just wanted to know everything that I could know. So I started researching. At some point, I, you know, I mean, I guess we have babies, and you forget about all of the hardship of, of labor and delivery because we do it again. And so maybe it was just the passage of time that I realized that maybe, um, that second delivery that was so scary and chaotic and really painful, you know, I survived that. And so maybe if I was prepared for a natural delivery, that I could actually have a good experience with it. And so along with researching VBAC, I started researching natural childbirth. And um, I just really got, you know, it was just as much as I could read, I was reading. And I just really wanted to know everything that I could know. About the time that we were ready to start trying for that next baby, we got that dreaded letter in the mail from my wonderful OB that said she was leaving her practice, moved to another state to be closer to family. And I was just so devastated because she had been so upbeat and positive about the potential for a VBAC in the future. And even though I hadn't even really been thinking about that at the time, I knew that, that she would be, you know, my cheerleader to get through that. And so it was really just, uh, it was really hard to, to go through that. And it was a full year before I found another doctor that I felt comfortable with. I saw a couple of other doctors in the meantime, and they were both kind of non-committal about my desire to be back. They just kind of were along the lines of, you know, we'll wait and see. And, and one of them had this long list of requirements that had to be met if I was going to attempt a, a TOLAC under her care. and and it was very clear to me that neither of those was the type of doctor that I was looking for. And I don't know, finding an OB for me is as miserable as like finding an awesome swimsuit. It's just like something that I dread. That's not a fun thing. And and so I would see a doctor and then I would wait for a few months and then I would see another one and then I would wait for a few months. And finally I decided I would go back to the same practice that my old doctor was at and I saw one of her colleagues. We had been trying for a baby at that point for probably nine months and we're dealing with, again, more infertility issues. And, and so I was really going to this doctor for more than that, for the infertility and, and trying to find some additional answers to that than I was for finding a VBAC-friendly doctor. But when I got to that first appointment and we were talking about other things, as we started talking about a, a future pregnancy, 
he brought up VBAC and he said, have you ever considered that? I've already, you know, I've looked at your record. You're an excellent candidate. I really would recommend that you consider that. And, and it was just, you know, my heart almost leapt because it was like, oh, this is finally a doctor that's not just kind of wishy-washy about this. And so we talked a little bit more about, you know, what my expectations were for having a VBAC and whether he could be supportive of the things that I wanted. And, and he was just so, we were just on the same page. And it was just so refreshing to finally find somebody that, that I felt like I could do this with. And soon, finally, after, I mean, it was probably a year of fertility treatments, we finally got pregnant. And because of my high risk factors and the things that had happened in my other pregnancies, my OB recommended that I have concurrent care through my pregnancy with a maternal fetal specialist. And so for those of you who are in Utah, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Silver. And so that's who I was seeing as well. And he was also just awesome about my prospects for a VBAC. He was very um, encouraging and I felt like, you know, we, we had to talk about the potential for a C-section and, and what that might look like, but that was kind of like, we have to talk about that, but now let's really focus on the VBAC and let's make sure that this is what happens. And, and I just liked that, that it, I never felt like it was a what if. It was almost like you're going to do it. And they were both just so positive with me for that. And as I had been researching all of that, you know, natural childbirth and be back and all of that, I, I learned more about the benefits of a doula. And so I approached my husband and kind of explained to him what that was. And he was maybe a little bit weirded out initially. He wasn't too sure if he was on board with that idea. And I think probably part of it was the cost. He didn't want to have to pay for, you know, somebody else to come in and, and help. But as he started to learn more about it, I think he realized that that it was something that I wanted and that I felt would really benefit me. And, and he came around to the idea and was really an active participant in interviewing doulas and, and helping to choose one that we both felt comfortable with. And, and so I was just really excited. Everything was kind of falling into place. I had my birth plan written up and I had gone over it with my doctor and he was very supportive and fine with everything that I wanted. And... As we approached my due date, which was super exciting because I had never had a full-term delivery up to that point, and we were nearing full-term, and that alone was just really exciting for me to hit that milestone. But I had been having twice-weekly NSPs, mostly due to my history of stillbirth, and just to keep an eye on things and make sure that everything was looking good, and, and everything was. She passed every, every time we went in, she passed with flying colors, and we didn't have any issues with that. When I went in for my appointment, I think I was 39 weeks and like four days, she felt her NFT that day. So the nurse came in and gave me some juice and um, got off the little buzzer and we tried to, you know, stimulate some reaction from her and get her moving and she just remained sluggish. She just was off um, from what we typically saw. And so when my doctor came in, he assured me that he wasn't like so concerned that we needed to run right down to labor and delivery and, and get her here, but that maybe it was a sign that we needed to, you know, we obviously needed to kind of keep a close eye on things, and and then at that point we needed to at least discuss the option of induction if we felt like that was something that we needed to do. I really didn't want an induction. That was kind of my number one thing on my birth plan was like, let's not do an induction, but 
I also didn't want to do anything to jeopardize the health of my baby. And so I agreed that we could talk about it. And, and he offered me his opinions and some advice. And then he just kind of left the ball in my court and said, you know, how do you, how do you feel about this? What do you want to do? And so at that point, I, I asked him to check me and to strip my membranes in hopes that maybe we could get some contractions going. I had been having some irregular contractions off and on. And I thought maybe if we strip my membranes, that'll start labor and we won't have to induce. Everything will just kind of carry on. And um, I was dilated to a four, which was really good news. Um, and I, I went ahead and had the membrane strip. And, and at that point, before I left, I decided to go ahead and schedule a spot on the hospital schedule for the next morning. And I talked to my doctor about the fact that if I went home and at any time I didn't feel comfortable or peaceful about that decision, I would go ahead and just cancel it. But my gut feeling at that time was that the induction was the right thing to do. And so I think I knew in my heart that I would go through with that, but it was still a change of plan. And that was kind of a hard thing for me to come to terms with, that everything had gone so well up to that point and exactly kind of how I had wanted it to go. And so all of a sudden, this kind of threw a wrench in that. And it just threw me off a little bit. So when I got in the car, I started the ball and just trying to like gather my thoughts and figure out how I was feeling. And so I, I called my husband and we talked for just a few minutes. And then I, when I got home, I talked to both my doula and to Dr. Silver and just to get their advice and their feedback on, um, maybe what we, you know, what they thought that we should do. And my doula's advice was to maybe wait it out for a couple more days and, you know, we could continue to monitor things and just make sure that she was still looking good, but just hope that maybe my body would kick into gear and, and we could avoid the induction. Uh, when I talked to Dr. Silver, he was, he said, you know, you could go either way. It's, but it's okay to induce. And I think he'd probably sense that I felt like induction maybe was a failure, that I had gotten so far and that if I, I gave into that, that I had failed. And, and I think probably I was feeling that way a little bit, but he said, there's nothing wrong with inducing. It's okay. And you really have sufficient evidence that maybe now is the best time for your baby to come. And when he said that, it just was, it was a confirmation of my own intuition. And I just felt my nerve calm about having that induction. And, and I thought, okay, I can do that. It's, it's okay. It is okay. But my doctor had also talked to me about options for how we would induce if I decided to go through with that. And that's where I kind of had my stomach in knots a little bit. He said we could either start a small dose of Pitocin and just see if we could get some regular contractions to get started, or we could break my water. And probably the number two thing on my birth plan I didn't want to have done was to have my water broken. So now I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm going to be induced and I might have my water broken. Well, how did all of this start to unravel so quickly? And his opinion was that the membrane rupture would probably facilitate the quickest delivery. But he said, again, it's up to you and what you feel most comfortable with. And my doula was kind of on the other end. and She was adamant that Pitocin was the better option. And I had done enough research that I knew the risks and the benefits of both and even though that membrane rupture felt like the less obvious choice to me, my mind just kept coming back to it. I just, for some reason, I just kept kind of fixating on that, and that's what I was thinking about. And again, that gut feeling came back to me that that's the direction that you need to go. 
But when I had had my second delivery, when my doctor came in and broke my water, the contractions that followed that just immediately were so intense and almost, they were just so on top of each other and just almost unmanageable. And so I had a lot of fear that if I went ahead and had my water broken, I was going to be faced with that. And I didn't, I, I knew I wouldn't be able to endure hours of natural labor if that's what my contractions were going to be like. And so I, I did have some fear going into that 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 would be the case. And so I didn't make a decision right away. I decided we would sleep on it, and if we still felt good proceeding with the induction in the morning, that we would make that decision when we got there. And So we got to the hospital the next morning, and there was still a little bit of a tug-of-war between, you know, I had my doula and my doctor, and they were both people that I had invited onto my team and that I had trust and confidence in, and they were they were on totally opposite ends of the spectrum on this particular decision. And so I, I did feel a little bit caught in the middle of that. And I had to kind of just clear my head and say, you know what, you're the one that gets to make this decision. And you've heard all of the opinions. And, and now it's up to you to decide what you're going to do. And so after a few minutes of talking with my husband, I decided that I would go with that initial gut feeling that the membrane rupture is what we should do. So it was about 11.45-ish in the morning when my doctor broke my water. And I was very pleasantly surprised to find that the contractions did not come as hard and fast as they had in the past. And so I was really happy about that. Um, the nurse came in just a little while later and said, why don't you get up and go to the bathroom? And I was, they didn't have a wireless monitoring unit. And so I was connected and we unplugged and we went to the bathroom and then we snuck out and did a, a couple of laps around labor and delivery. And that second lap around the hallway, my contractions really started to pick up and I would have to stop and catch my breath. And uh, once we got back into my room, I sat on a birthing ball and found that to just be really comfortable. And I had been doing hypnobabies to prepare for my natural childbirth. And, and so I had some hypnobabies tracks playing and I was just really trying to kind of find my focus. And my contractions started gaining in intensity and they were getting closer apart. And as that started to happen, fear and doubt started to creep in. And I remember at one point very distinctly thinking, oh man, you should have just had a C-section. Like, what are you thinking? You can't do this. And as soon as I, I thought that in my head, I had to kind of rein myself in and, you know, you can do this. And I, I, told my doula that I was struggling to relax and kind of find my focus and I asked for a specific track, my hypnosis track to be put on and that really kind of brought me back and helped push that fear out. It was just a little over two hours after my doctor had broken my water that I I remember very distinctly feeling my baby's head turn and just drop. And at that point, the contraction just became really intense and I started to get really nauseated and I just, I was sure I was just going to hurl all over the hospital bed. And my doula reached for her essential oils and they were just awesome. They just took that nausea right away. And my husband was doing hip squeezes and my doula was just rubbing my arms. And she just quietly said, you know, you're heading into transition and everything you're feeling is normal and it, it won't last much longer. And as soon as I heard the word transition, I thought, oh my gosh, I can do this. If I'm in transition, like, we're getting close. And so that was a really good, like, second wind for me to hear that I was I was hitting transition. And and it wasn't more than just a few minutes after that that I felt the urge to push. We called in the nurse and, and let her know that we thought we were getting close. And 
she checked me and sure enough, she said, the head's right there. Um, she said, don't push. We're going to call your doctor. And my doula said, go ahead and push if you feel the need to push. Um, <laughs> nurses deliver doctors, deliver babies all the time. And I was trying to just find a comfortable position. I couldn't, I just couldn't seem to get in a place that I felt comfortable in. And so I was moving, you know, I was leaning over the back of the bed and then I was on all fours and I was on my side just really having a hard time finding a comfortable place. And finally, I, I kind of got into a spot where I felt good. And my doctor was there, and I had asked, you know, I didn't want any coaching. I didn't want it to be loud. I just wanted it to be quiet and peaceful. And But we did we did have a moment of levity. The day before, when I had been at my doctor's appointment, we had always kind of joked about, or not joked, but talked about, you know, the date. As we got closer to my due date, you know, if your baby's born today, like, what's the significant thing about today's date that she can have associated with her birthday? And she was born on August 10th of 2012. So her birth date is 8-10-12. When we had been in, the, in my appointment the day before, my doctor said, now if we could just get her here at like 2.16 in the afternoon, in military time, that's 14-16. So her birth date would be 8-10-12-14-16. That's really cool. <laughs> So the doctor comes and I'm pushing and my husband looks at the clock and it's 2.09. And, no. and so he mentions that it's 2.09 and we all just got a good laugh out of that. And I'm not really a very competitive person, but I, a little competitive streak came out of me in that moment. And I thought, I can get this baby here at 2.16. I know I can. And <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I thought, no, don't be silly. Like, don't make it a race. She'll get here when she gets here. And so I just continued to push as my body told me to do and 216 came and it went and we were all a little disappointed but she arrived at 219 so she was just a few minutes off but um, I thought how funny that would have been she was so close that, and that just kind of brought levity to the to the room and it was just what I needed I guess to kind of just have that final little bit of labor right there to have that yeah that little bit of joking at the end it just really <laughs> kind of set the mood I guess and and so she was born, and and it was just like this triumphant moment. I had all of these things that I had been hoping for, and and every one of them happened. You know, I had my V back. I had a full-term baby. She was pink and healthy and crying, and they placed her. Sorry. Oh, I'm a little emotional, but here I was having my fifth baby, and for the first time, that healthy baby was placed on my chest, and it was just, and it was like the heavens opened and yeah. it was just it was glorious. It was so wonderful and I didn't expect to get emotional about that, but just to have all of, you know, kind of was like the culmination of we'd had all of these complicated experiences before and to finally have something that went right. And on top of that, it was only like a two and a half hour labor and that was awesome and I was able yeah. to do it naturally and I mean, it was just, I literally was on cloud nine every day for like the first year of her life. I just, I thought about that, that birthing experience and everything that happened. And it just was so, I mean, it was just a spiritual experience and it just, I don't know. It was so awesome. It was just really awesome. And I mean, if I could have my, my be back experiences, I would have a hundred kids just to do those over and over and over. They were just so great. Um. So my second VBAC was a couple of years after that. I just keep having kids. I have this big old long list of stories to tell. But um, So my second VBAC, we had 
quite an age gap between the twins and my first VDAC baby. And so we decided we would have another one. And and it really was a fairly uneventful experience in a lot of ways. I was a VBAC, but we didn't really even talk about it, you know, with my doctor as though I was a VBAC. It was just kind of like, you've done this before, you're good to go kind of a thing. And something that was a little bit different about that one was that I considered having an out-of-hospital birth that time. I had kind of thought about it with my first VBAC, but having not had an uncomplicated pregnancy up to that point, I was kind of nervous about that and felt more comfortable in a hospital. But this time I thought I can consider that. And I discussed my history with several midwives and they all felt confident and comfortable in, in my ability to have an out-of-hospital birth. But I just never really fully felt comfortable with it. I explored that idea for a while and, and it just never really settled on to me as like the right choice. And so I decided I would stick with my OB and deliver in the hospital and and that is what felt right to me with that one. And for some reason with this pregnancy, I, I just had this like nagging fear that I would deliver like in the car on the side of the road on the way to the hospital. And I expressed that to my doula and she says, well, you know, maybe you should have that out of hospital birth. If you're at home, you don't have to worry about that. And, and we just kind of joked about that. But I just, I, I, and I guess it probably stemmed from the fact that even though this was my fifth pregnancy, I had never really had an experience where I had known that I was in labor and labored at home for as long as I could and then had to make a decision about when it was time to go to the hospital. And I was worried that I would just wait too long and then I would be having a baby in a car. And so that was just, I just kept thinking about that. And my doula would say, you know, don't worry about it. I will be there. You call me when you're ready. I will be at your house. I will help you know when it's time to go. You don't need to stress about that. It's not, you're not going to have a baby in a car. And, and I didn't just, that's, I'll tell you right now, you don't have to worry that that's coming at the end of my story. But, um, <laughs> um, and I knew enough that it wouldn't have been scary even. I would have known what to do. So, so I was just kind of anticipating that my doula would come. I would labor at home. I really wanted to just labor at home as long as I could and that my doula would come and help me and know when I needed to go. And I think I was, I was 38 weeks and five days, maybe four days when labor started, just kind of in the late afternoon. And I called my doula and said, I think this is it. You know, my contractions are coming. Um, nothing seems to be slowing down. I think this is it. And for the first time in her career, she was at another birth. And so she just apologized profusely and said, you know, hopefully I will, this client will deliver before you, you know, I, I imagine you have labor, hours of labor ahead of you and you know, I'll do my very best to be there. I have a backup. I hadn't met the backup, but I knew she had a, a backup. And so we just said, you know, okay, we'll, I'll, we'll be in touch and I'll keep you posted on how things are going. And we went and walked around the neighborhood for a little while and contractions kept coming. Um, I was very, I was really comfortable. Nothing was very painful. Um, and I think maybe I was focused on how they were feeling more than how far apart they were for most of my labor. So we walked around the neighborhood. We went out to dinner. We came home and got the kids ready for bed. And then I just settled onto the couch and I started listening to my hypnosis tracks, trying to get myself focused and, and ready to go. And about 9.30, I decided I would get up and have a shower. And and when I got into the bathroom, I noticed that I was having some bloody show. And so I think that was a good sign. And I told my husband he should probably call his mom. She was going to be coming to stay with our other kids, and she was about 45 minutes away. And I said, it'll probably be easier for her to come right now, and then she can just sleep here 
and we'll leave maybe sometime in the middle of the night and we won't have to worry about waiting for her. So she was on her way and I was checking my hospital bag to make sure I had everything and I was checking in with my doula to see how everything was going with her other birth and I was just, I was feeling really good and all of a sudden about 10.30, things just changed in a very distinct way and all of a sudden I just knew it was time to go. And my mother-in-law hadn't arrived yet, and so we called a neighbor, and he ran over to, to be with the kids, and it seemed to take forever. to. I had all my stuff ready, but I don't think my husband had all of his stuff ready. And so we were just trying to gather everything up and get ready to go, and it seemed to take forever to get out of the car, out to the car. And then we had about a 20-minute drive to the hospital, which thankfully just flew by. It didn't feel long at all. And we got there, and we got checked in, and... I got changed and the nurse checked me and she says, oh, you're out of 10. You're ready to go. And I mean, if I could have done a cartwheel at that point, I would have. I was like, that's awesome. I was able to labor at home. I mean, I was at a 10, so I very well could have had a baby in the car on the way yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just so, it was just so, I was so happy that I was there. I was ready. I didn't have to labor in the hospital any longer. We were like ready to go. Um, my doula's other client ended up having a C-section, and so she really wanted to stay and see that through with her, so she sent her backup, and that backup was an absolute godsend to me that night. She was exactly who I needed to be there. She was just perfect for the experience that we had and what I needed that night, and so I was really glad. I mean, while I would have loved to have had my the doula that I had hired been there, um, I really couldn't have asked for a better outcome with the backup doula that came. I didn't immediately feel the urge to push, and so I just kind of settled in with my hypnosis tracks, and I just let labor continue until I felt ready to do that, and it was really a pretty calm and quiet for the next 45 minutes or so, and it just was peaceful. I don't know. I never really felt like it was in labor. It just was kind of a surreal experience, honestly, um, and I felt really strongly that my baby and I were just working as a team and that when she was ready, she would come into the world. And we had quite a few people in the room. I had a photographer that was there and my doula and my husband and my doctor was there. And there were like three or four nurses that were there, but everybody just like was in the background. I almost didn't even notice that they were there. Um, it was just so quiet. And just when I was ready to push, it was just a few pushes and she was here and I mean, it was the exact, it was kind of like I had come full circle. I had had these really traumatic and crazy births for the first two pregnancies. And, and so to end, she's our last, she is our caboose. And so to end that out, was just such a quiet and wonderful and peaceful birth was just really a cool experience. And, and then once again, I got to relish in that experience of having a baby just placed on my chest immediately after delivery. And, and having that full-term baby and achieving a second V-back, it was all just so, it was surreal and it was, I don't know, it was just so awesome. I just loved it. I loved every minute of it. And it was, like I said, I would have a hundred more babies just to go through those two last experiences again. I couldn't really have asked for a better team and for a better doctor to cheer me on. And it just really made it. It's such a great experience for me. So that's my story stories. I had a few, so <laughs> that's amazing though. I I love it and I am such a crier. Like when you started crying, like I like <laughs> welled up. I was like, Okay, 
It's really quiet, so I don't sound <laughs> Take so a deep breath. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, because that feeling truly, I mean, I'm sure after all that you went through, just meant the world to you. Yeah, it did. So, it did. Oh, we're so happy for you. And we yeah. love your story, and we appreciate you so much. And, you know, that um, the topic that I want to talk about today is intuition and following it. And I love how much you did that with every single baby and every single birth. And, and you know, you truly followed it. And so, you know, intuition is something that everyone has. We all have it. Sometimes we don't know how to use it or maybe we're scared, you know, that something might go wrong or, you know, when you've got multiple choices. But knowing knowing the risks and the alternatives and everything about everything that's going on and then using that intuition. It reminds me of Rapunzel, the the song Mama Knows Best. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It truly, yeah, like, I mean, it truly is a fact. Mama does know best. You know best. Your intuition is going to know exactly what you need. And like you were saying with breaking your water, you know, you you knew the risks and the benefits and the alternatives of of both of those things, pitocin and breaking your water, and your intuition was speaking very clearly to you that you needed to do that, and you followed it, and it and it worked out, and, you know, I just, I think it's so important. We posted the blog today all about following your intuition and the importance of it, so if you want to learn more about intuition and how to, to follow that, um, really, all you need to do is listen to yourself. But we do have a blog on it as well. So it's up on our website today. Jen, thank you so much again for sharing your stories with us. They're all so inspiring. And I do know that like the other stories that you were talking about in the podcast, you are going to inspire and touch women all around. Hey, guys. Did you know we have a new website? Well, we do. It is thevbacklink.com. We are always looking for new stories. To share your story and possibly be on our podcast, post your story on social media and hashtag YWeVBack and tag us at the VBAC link. Or you can complete the new form on our brand new website at thevbacklink.com slash share. Don't forget about our online VBAC prep courses. To learn more, head over onto our website. Be sure to rate us and share and leave your reviews. We are excited to hear what you think. For families local to Utah, be sure to check out our website, utahvbacklink.com for more information on our VBAC childbirth classes and doula services. Thank you so much for listening. We are excited for you to begin your journey with us.